Hey, what's going on, people? It's Jay Good at StraightOutTheDen.com. I'd like to welcome you to the Straight Out The Den podcast. Uh, today's podcast is brought to you by the good folks over at Lander. Based in Montreal, Canada, Lander is the world's first intelligent drag-and-drop instant mastering service by Mixed Genius. So, you know, just for being a listener to today's podcast, you guys will get a free trial. Um, all you got to do is go to Lander.com slash promo slash SODD. Uh, don't worry, that will be in the notes, um, in the show notes, just in case you guys didn't catch me. But, you know... The, the cool thing is, man, you guys should definitely check out Lender. And I'm not just saying that because um, they are indeed helping us give you guys this show for free. They're they're paying the bills. But um, mostly importantly, because I'm trying to help indie artists out and the mastering process is the one uh, process that is continue, you know, continuously skipped um, by a lot of indie artists. So, look, um, just check it out. It's a very free and simple process, um, you know, for you guys to do with the trial. All you got to do is drag and drop. Basically, if you can do that, you can work um, Lander. So look, all you got to do is go to Lander.com. That's L-A-N-D-R.com slash promo slash S-O-D-D. Go there, check it out. Let me know what you think. You can always tweet me at Straight Out the Den. And you can also tweet Lander and let them know that uh, you heard about them from Straight Out the Den. We'll greatly appreciate it. But um, today's podcast is... Um, I guess it's a special podcast in a sense. Um, it's one of those, mm, I want to say elephant in a room type conversations, you know. Um, many people have tried to figure out, you know, how to battle, battle excuse me, um, in this arena of music, you know, how to, in this marketplace. How do you, uh, you know, stick out or, or, you know, how do you really make a true, make a living in this business? And, you know, over the past couple of years, you know, things have definitely uh, shifted. You know, the, the, the landscape of how music is consumed has um, shifted. And, um, you know, how we consume and why we consume what we consume um, and even the way that we consume, all of those things have, have truly shifted. Um, you know, I just it, it makes me think back, uh, think back like when I was growing up um maybe around the age of, I want to say maybe 11, 12, 13, around that, you know, um, maybe middle school. So middle school was more likely, what's that, like 12 or 13 years old, something like that. Um, I remember there used to be a, a place called Media Play, um, not too far from where I live. Um, I could easily ride my bike there or walk if I wanted to. But I used to remember um, going to those places and you know finding cds and um i'm gonna date myself a little bit but even tapes um you know buying those different formats walking there and you know looking in there and and seeing the music that i like back when cds maybe were running about you know 15 or 16 bucks um you know remembering those days and, and thinking like, man, this was so great. You know, it always was on a Tuesday. Um, just remember, you know, waiting around for the Tuesday to get here so I could go to the store and the little money that I had saved up. And, you know, even in high school uh, money that I had just trying to go and buy, you know, new CDs and whatnot. Just remembering those times. And, and truth be told, those times have shifted and, and completely changed. Um, and it really brings us to uh, the conversation that I want to have with you guys today and, and really ask that question, um, should, should I abandon selling CDs? Now, I know what you're thinking. Um, you know, 
you should never abandon product and, and, and truthfully I don't think you should abandon any product but but more specifically on CDs I just wanted to kind of get that dialogue going you know um CDs are, are that thing that me personally I still listen to CDs like I, I ride around in my car and I have an older car so I don't have an um an aux um, thing I actually had to buy um a, a device to use so I can actually play things from my phone but you know I typically I'll either ride with CDs or you know um because I rarely listen to the radio and you know it made me think how often um we're actually listening to CDs you know by now most people are consuming music via streaming and I'm going to go through all of these different formats that that's um more so relevant today um, the different formats, um, and that's, you know, CDs and, uh, streaming digital cells and, um, vinyl, um, specifically going to go over those four, but and before I get into that, just really thinking on, you know, just CDs themselves, like, you know, should we abandon them? You know, should we just focus on, um, what's considered the new wave, uh, streaming, um, and not think about CDs anymore. And, and I'm talking about from an indie standpoint as well. Like I know major artists, it's, it's a little bit different. Um, and you can kind of make those um, decisions a little bit differently. But but when it comes to indie artists, you know, when, when your budget is limited and you're trying to maximize um, all of your, you know, expenses and, and maximize every little dollar that you have to, to make it make sense for you and your brand. So it's like, should we just avoid that CD process altogether. Skip it and just make your music available for streaming on, you know, SoundCloud or Audio Mac and, and put it on, um, you know, iTunes and, and Amazon, Google Play, all of those things of that nature and, and just completely forget about it. So before I get into answering that question, I, I do want to briefly go over um, each format um, in the state that they are in as of today. Um, so the first one I, I, I'm going to go into is digital, you know, digital albums or digital sales and, and digital stores. And, and with that, we're, we're talking about, you know, iTunes. We're talking about uh, Google Play and Amazon, those type of digital outlets where you can go and physically buy, you know, whether they're, you're buying the singles or you're buying an album um, digitally and download it to your phone or whatever device that you may be using. Um and kind of go like pros and cons of each one, excuse me. So, you know, digital sales, you, you pretty much know what that is, you know. Um, but we're talking about, is it is it quicker? Yes, it is quicker. You know, you're looking at, hey, I can get my music today. I don't have to physically ride to the store. I don't have to drive to my local store or wherever um, store. And then in hopes that they will have what I'm looking for, because, um, you know, we, we know nowadays, um, like I was telling you guys earlier, um, I used to walk to media play and it was a store with rows and rows and rows of CDs. Well, now, you know, I was just in Best Buy uh, a couple of days ago and the CD section is literally like three rows. Everything is combined, whether it's, you know, hip hop, country, um, rock. So all of that stuff is combined in, in a matter of like three shelves. And it's like, hey, you're lucky if we have it. If not, you know, oh, well, you know. Um, so you, it, it is quicker, you know, and, and, and it kind of kills uh, a lot of stuff. And, and <clears throat> from a selling standpoint, if you're an artist that's that's um, selling only digital um, albums, you know, it, it really cuts down on your overhead 
um, now, you know, to, to get your album, if you don't have online distribution through, you know, uh, many different sources, you can go to uh, Empire or Fontana. There, there's a couple other digital retailers out there, um, excuse me, digital distributors out there that can get you set up to, for digital retailers such as iTunes and whatnot. Um, but if if you're not going through through one of them, um, the the overhead is less for you. You know you don't have to actually go and print up anything. Um, you don't have to go in and make sure everything is is correct. You know you can you can start at the beginning as long as your your masters um, is done. That's why you know we mentioned Lander at the top of the episode. Is your masters and everything done? You can send those over, and they'll be uploaded and. and on the server ready for anybody to purchase so the overhead is is as you know at, at most really minimal you know you don't have to worry about doing a whole lot of things you don't have to worry about um there was a formula back in the day which is still current in a lot of record um deals um it's called cost of goods um sold and really what that term really means is that at one point of time when they were dealing with vinyl which we will talk about vinyl um shortly here but at one point in time what record labels would do to make up for you know product that was broken in transit or you know um, even product that you had to give away as promo it's kind of like a a cost of goods serve type um, term and really what that mean was like say for example if um, you shipped a hundred thousand units to stores and retailers whatnot Um, if you ship that hundred thousand, you may only get paid on ninety thousand because ten percent was kind of set back for cost of goods. So, like basically saying, this is it's going to cost you ten percent of all these goods um, for us to sell them. You know, we we got to get leave some to give away at radio stations. Some of these are going to break. You know, all of those things were kind of took in consideration um, in that model um, to make sure that you know. Number one and foremost is to make sure that the record labels, you know, weren't getting screwed. Um, it really didn't have anything to do with the artists. It was mostly about record labels saying that, hey, we're not going to pay you on 100 percent of these CDs that we ship because we know that something's going to happen along that process. Somebody may steal a couple of those CDs. You're going to give away some of those CDs. And of course, they, there are some going to break um, in the process of getting to the store. So that's that was put in place. And, and in a lot of contracts right now, that's still there, um, believe it or not, even though most people are dealing with digital only stuff. So that's just something to think about. I just threw that in there. That kind of came to me. Um, but all of those things are considered in your overhead. So with selling, you know, a digital album, that is eliminated. You don't have to worry about um, a quote unquote cost of goods or, um, sold. I mean, you're not worrying about physical goods. Everything is is, is just intellectual property. Um, you know, it's just a line of code. It's, it's, it's a file. You know what I mean? So you're not worrying about that. Um, the next thing is streaming. Now, streaming is big. That's the new wave, quote unquote, of the future. And um, that's what everyone is really doing and leaning towards right now. Um, with streaming, yes, you're doing the same thing. You're, you're dealing with an online distributor. Um, you're, you're dealing with uh, companies like TuneCore, um, which you can also use for digital albums. But you have new players in, in, in position now. You have like Tidal, you have um, Spotify, you have Apple Music now. You know, at one point it was just all about iTunes. and But now um, with the, the advancement of streaming music, 
you have a situation where now, guess what? A, I can stream my music all day long and I don't have to worry about physically downloading anything, meaning that I'm not taking up space on my um, my whatever device you use. I use the iPhone, so um, you're not taking up you know space on your iPhone. You're not taking up space on your Android device, um, on your tablet. You know, um, you don't need any storage. I'm, I'm streaming everything. You know, as long as I have an internet connection or I'm using data. I don't have to worry about absolutely anything. I can just stream it whenever I want to. And, you know, there's different subscription services out there um, that, that, you know, you can pay for and not have to worry about advertisement. You can literally just get your music streamed 100% of the time ad free. Um, oh, and, and that's the new wave. A lot of people are using that. A lot of people are, you know, having access to an enormous catalog, um, catalog of music from, you know, indie indie artists, major artists, um, anybody. Um, and they don't have to worry about taking up storage on the phone. That's the big, to me, that's the biggest pro of, of streaming. You know, they're pretty much essentially no space needed. As long as you have a decent device, um, and, and a, and a good internet connection, you can listen to anything that you want to listen to. Um, and so that's the, that's the, the basis of streaming, which is, you know, considered quote unquote, the new wave of the future. This is the new technology that everyone's using and that everyone loves. And, you know, why do anything else? That's what most people are saying with streaming. Now, the other thing, um, that I'm going to talk about is vinyl. Now, anybody that know me personally know that I'm a huge vinyl collector. And when I say huge, I don't mean like just blaze huge or um any other producer that's been around for a while and had the time to you know build up a pretty extensive catalog me i'm i'm decent i'm, I'm maybe you know under 500 records in um but i, I have a nice collection and, and i value that collection and, and, I, and it's something that um i started to do a couple of years ago and really enjoy and you know i say all that to say that it's more of a novelty, you know, um, vinyl is an, an old technology, but one thing about vinyl is consistent. Um, you're going to have a consistent sound. You're going to have, um, that warmth. You're going to have a good feeling, um, of, of music, right? So with vinyl, it, it's, it's a collector's item. It's a full piece. People see vinyl and they say like, oh man, look at the way this album cover looked, you know, like my early career of, of collecting vinyl. And even sometimes now I collect vinyl based off of, um, if I don't know anything about the artist, it may be simple as the artwork catching my attention. You know, I may be looking for um, horns or, you know, um, some brass or something like that. And I look on the cover and there's like a, a horn section. Well, more than likely, I'm going to be kind of, you know, um, amped to buy that, you know, um, seeing what's on the cover. And, and that, that involved uh, a lot of my decision making because I'm looking at what's on the cover. So all of those things are kind of playing in the same, you know, playing in a part of my decision making process with vinyl. Um, now, from a business standpoint, as an as an indie artist, um, vinyl can be expensive. It, it, there's no canon. It is expensive. And most people that do vinyl, they're doing it at a, as a limited run. They're only going to have it available for a limited amount of time. They're only going to press up a certain amount. Most people probably going to press up anywhere between 100 to 1,000 if you're working from an indie standpoint. And you're going to say like, hey, this is what I have. I'm only selling the, this amount. You know, I'm only going to sell 500 copies of this thing on vinyl. And you know, uh, I'm autographing them all. You know, they're going to be collector's items. They're going to be collecting pieces. 
of it. And, and most of the time when you do those things, you're going to sell that and you're probably going to give away a digital copy of the album as well because people are going to listen to the digital copy and they're going to put the vinyl in the collection to have. So that's that's really what vinyl is about. And now we're going to get down to, to the, the, the reason why we're having this podcast, um, the CD. Now, I, I went over my story about how, you know, I collect CDs and how um, I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of buying the CDs. But, you know, some things to kind of keep in mind, they're, they're definitely not as expensive to duplicate as vinyl, um, but the price can get up there. You know, you, you have to deal with the artwork. You got to deal with getting it pressed up and all of those things. Um, and, and and believe it or not, it's slowly becoming nostalgic, kind of like vinyl in a sense. You know, it's almost foreign to see somebody that's walking around with a, a CD book. You know, it used to be a time where a CD book was uh, cherished, you know, um, but you don't see that as often. You don't see a lot of CDs running around in cars and things like that. So, you know, the CD, it is what it is. And, and it really brings us back to that, that question that I asked early, um, earlier on when I um, introduced the podcast is, should I... Um, should I abandon, you know, selling CDs? And if you want my true and honest opinion, I'm going to say no. And the reason why is because you have people like myself that love to listen to CDs. And there's a buying market for that. And the the way that I feel that you can get over... Um, totally abandoning the concept of selling CDs is to go back into something that I've said um, numerous times on, on this podcast is to, to get to know your audience. Um, there's something that you can do called a survey. You know, it, it doesn't take much. You can do 10 questions. And, and this is something that I suggest every single artist that's listening to this podcast. You Even if you need to pause it, you can pause it right now. And go in and figure out how to put a survey to your to your your core audience. Right. So a survey is simple. You can do 10 questions. The, the main things that you want to put on this survey is number one, find out, you know, their demographic info. So, you know, find out um, their age, find out whether they're male or female. If you want to even find out if they went to college or not, are they married? Um, do they have children? All of that information is solid. And believe it or not, it'll really um, help you and how you cater to, to your audience. So get that basic demographic info um, up first. So, you you know, most surveys I tell people don't do no more than 10 questions. You know, keep it simple um, and, and make it where somebody can literally fill out your survey in less than two minutes. Anything over two minutes is just going to be too time consuming. You're going to get people that's going to say they can't do it. So keep it to where they can do it in 10 minutes. I mean, excuse me, two minutes. So 10 questions. Um, get that basic demo, um, demographic information. And then for like maybe the last three to four questions, maybe you can ask like, hey, how do you consume your music? And, you know, put those options, CDs, digital albums, streaming, um, vinyl, and you can even have it check as, as many as it apply. You know, you can have that information there, but ask those questions. And then you can ask other stuff too, if you want to find out like, hey, um, how, how do you listen to my music or how do you want, make it as, as general and, and broad as possible so you can get that type of information. But on some questions, if you want to know something directly related to you, ask those, but this is your chance to get to know your audience, right? So once you have that survey in place, you're going to take that data and really analyze it and figure out exactly what you got going on. So we're, we're going to just for the sake of, of this conversation, say you've already done that survey. And um, you surveyed 100 people. That's enough sample size to really get to know your audience. If you got 100 people surveyed and 
you have all of that information. We're, we'll talk about demographic information later, but we're talking about specifically to those questions, um, talking about what type of format they listen to and how they consume music. You got that information. So you find out that, hey, man, out of the 100 people surveyed, 20 of them love CDs, right? So you write that number down. You got 20%. Now you have the uh, 40% say, hey, man, I like digital albums. And then you got um, another 40, well, 30% that says, I, I love streaming. So now you're, you're dealing with, uh, what's that, 70 plus 20? You're, you're dealing with, that's 90%. And the other 10% says, hey, man, I like vinyl. So here's what you do. You take those numbers and, and you divide it into a pie. You have your pie. You have your number exactly what people like to do, your survey size. So the next time you release a project, you release the project just how the numbers are given to you. So that means you should go out. If if you have 40% people say that they like streaming, and I may have said, you know, that, that 40%, then you need that tells you that, hey, man, almost half of the people that listen to my music enjoy streaming. So streaming is number one. You got to make sure that your album is available for streaming, right? That should be done. Make sure it's available everywhere for streaming. If you put up an album, you put that hard work into it, you, you got it mixed, you got it mastered. Um, Put it up for streaming on SoundCloud. Put it up for streaming on Audiomag. Put it up for streaming on um, all of the platform's title. Put it up on um, Spotify. Make it available streaming everywhere somebody can stream it. That's what you should do. Anywhere that somebody thinks about streaming music, and that's, that's another survey question that you can ask. Hey, if you stream music, where do you stream it from? Get all of that information down. Make sure that it's available everywhere that you can stream music. So that's your 40%. Now, that other 30% that says, hey, man, we like digital albums. Well, then that means you need to make sure that it's available in digital outlets. So it needs to be up on Amazon. It needs to be up on um, Bandcamp if you have to. It needs to be up on iTunes. All of those things where they can physically buy that album um, from a digital standpoint, it should be available. You know, do that research and you can deal with TuneCore. You can do with, deal with that um, online, um, you know, finding an online distributor to put your music um, in those online merchants. But it needs to be there. And, and you know, now you, you're dealing with that 20 percent. So, hey, if 20 percent of the people say that, hey, I like CDs, that's the only way I consume music. Well, here, here you go. If you have a project and you're going to put up you're going to press up a thousand CDs. Then you got to think about it before you you spend that that money. If only twenty percent of your your sample size is a um, hundred people, so you're looking at twenty percent of those people. So take that same twenty percent, find out who's really listening to your music. You, if you want to look at your followers, right now here's something that's very simple that you know people have to be honest with, and, and a lot of people don't. Take your 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 total number of followers. So that's number of followers on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Right. So say that that total number is um, let's let's keep it real and say that total number is 10,000 people. Right. So out of that 10,000 people, what I want you to do is to be honest about that. You have to realize that out of the 10,000 people that are following you, only about 10 to 20 percent are actually going to be um, true buyers of your music, potential buyers. Now, I know. That may sound a little crazy. You say like, hey, man, I got 10,000 followers. That mean I have 10,000 potential buyers. You're absolutely right on that front. The realistic view of, of that is that only about 10 to 20 percent of that number of potential people that can get your stuff is actually going to try to take some type of action. So I'm not telling you to forget about that other 8,000 people. 
by by all means no you 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 know you really want 10,000 people buying your your music um but for the sake of this conversation i just want you guys to be realistic about some of your goals so now if you if you focus on that 20 you know we can go as high as 20% and say that 20% of those 10,000 people are going to um really take action and taking action mean they're really going to go and hit download they're going to go and hit buy um they're going to stream they're going to hit play they're going to do some of that they're going to buy merch all of that so 20% of 10,000 you're looking at was that's 2,000 people right so um 2,000 people is that's your that's your buying market so you want to take that same 2,000 people and apply it to the model that we were talking about early with these different numbers and you may have to rewind I know these numbers are all over the place but we said what 40% people are going to stream 30% are going to buy digitally 20% are going to buy CDs, 10% are going to buy vinyl. So if you got 2,000 people to work with that's going to buy your music, you're looking at that CD. I said 20% people are going to buy CDs. So 20% of that 2,000 people, you're looking at, what's that, uh, 400? So with that number being said and, and that number being known, then that means you need to go out and purchase, four, get 400 CDs duplicated, right? So just, you know, even if you want to bump that number, just have 500 done. That's what you got to print up, 500. That'll give you 400 for people to buy, 100 to give away, all right? So now you got 500 CDs on hand that are done, and you got that, that your sample size is right, and you have those available for the people, the, the 20% of the people say that they're going to buy your, your CDs. So now you got that 10%, and that 10% of that buying audience is about 200 um, vinyls. So at that point... Your best bet is to, hey, if 20%, um, excuse me, if 200 people are willing to buy that vinyl, go out and buy the 200. Now, if you want to get a bigger number and do 250, so you can have 50 to, to kind of give away or whatever, or um, whatever the case may be, and have that 200, you still have that number. So basically what I'm telling you to do is figure out your audience, find out what they want. You know, there's too much information out there to do a guessing game. Really look at numbers, find out what those numbers are truly saying. And if you have that sample size of people that are saying that they're willing to do this and that, then call them out on it. Call their bluff, you know, have it, have it available. So, and I, I can almost guarantee, man, if you get that survey done and you get honest answers from people and you follow up on that. So now on your site, you have four options. Well, hey, man, you can stream the music for free. That's for the people that say they want to stream. They can stream it for free, um, whether they're streaming it on SoundCloud or Audio Mac or they're even streaming it on whatever music service that they're using. Um, you know, that's available. That's there. Right. So now that you have that done, you can also give them the option. They're like, hey, want to download the album? Click here. So when they get to that place where they can download the album, now they have the option to buy it on, you know, iTunes or buy it on um, Amazon or buy it directly from you off of Bandcamp or PayPal, however you're using it. Um, they can do that directly. Now you also give them the option like, hey, if a CD is what you want, you can do that. You know, and, and and I'm not saying this, but you guys um, do know that you can have pricing structures for everything. So, hey, you can stream it for free. That's fine. If you want to buy the digital download, list the price. If you want to buy the CD, list a, a, a separate price, you know, and, and just to give you guys a good example of this, you can do like, hey, free for streaming to buy the digital album is going to cost you four ninety nine to buy the CD is going to cost you nine ninety nine. 
and to buy the vinyl, you list another price. Now, of course, those prices can be whatever you, you desire. Um, of course, you want to make sure that whatever price you do charge is a price that's going to make you profit. It's going to pay for what you've already, the merch and, and um, the CDs that you've already paid for. That'll be out the way. Make sure that you set the right price on that. And, and you know, pricing is kind of up to you to do what you want to do. But you have those pricing structures. And what you really did you number one, you assess your audience. You you figured out exactly what they like and what they want to hear and how they want to consume it. So you address those needs because now you have options for everybody. And what you did also is you you gave all of those options out and you gave different pricing structures and you eliminated the option of, of no because you gave them four different ways to consume your music. Hey, if you don't want to pay for it, hey, that's fine. Stream it. You got it. It's there for you to listen. But if you do want to pay for it, then I got three different ways that you can listen to the album. You can buy, you can consume, you can pay for. There's three different ways. So what you're telling people is like, hey, if you like this, this, and this, here you go. Now, what I've seen in the past, some people have where it, the higher you go up on, on things, you actually get the other albums too. So if you're charging $25 to buy the vinyl, some people give you a, a free copy of the digital um, and they, or they may give you a free copy of the CD as well. Um, that's cool to do. There's nothing wrong with that because you're actually giving people that other, op other option, excuse me. So, but what you did was you really eliminated the option of no, you gave them four ways to get your music. And is at the point now where they're like, man, they feel like they took control. Now I can make the choice to do whatever I want to do. You're not telling me which one to buy. You're giving me a choice of A, B, C, and D. Now, if I don't want A, I can go and get B. If I don't want B, I can get C and so on and so forth. But I'm getting something. And that way you're, you're winning at the end of the day. So um, to answer that question that, that I went to earlier, should I um, abandon CDs? Absolutely not. I wouldn't abandon them at all. What I would do is find out who wants to buy my CD. And once I find out who wants to buy my CD, then I adjust my product line um, to, to the needs of the customer. Um, Never abandon any type of technology um, unless it's proven that nobody wants to. Now, if you go out and did that survey and you got absolutely a goose egg on CDs, then guess what? You shouldn't go and press up CDs. Now, I know you can go out there and give them away for promo and all that. Yeah, that's fine. That's good. That's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. You can you can have a promo budget set up uh, on the side to do something like that. But numbers don't lie. Remember that when you're going out and surveying people and you're asking them honest, um, anonymous feedback, most people give you that honest, anonymous feedback. And if they say they don't want vinyl, if they say they don't want CDs, then why are you spending money in areas that your your fan base said they don't want? It's all about listening to your fan base. Yeah, we're in a world of technology where there are millions and hundreds of millions of people um that, that are, we are at, um, accessible to, you know, and, and we have access to and and we can make things happen to. But the truth is you got to first focus on the ones that are already focusing on you. If you're not going to focus on them and you're, you're too busy trying to go and get a million followers when you got 10,000 that are listening to every single word you say, why not focus on those 10,000 and let them do the job for you? As opposed to going out there and trying to do all the work to get them. You're trying to fish and get a million people when you got 10,000 fishermen here for you. Let those fishermen go out and catch the fish. They're there for you. They're already listening to what you got to say. So now you're not out there casting a net trying to get all this fish. Like, hey, all of these guys, they, they, they're there. They're a mouthpiece. They're going to do what exactly what you want them to do if you tell them and it's a genuine tell them to do that. 
hey, man, if I listen to your music and if I like your music, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to go out and tell somebody about it. That is, you didn't even ask me to do that. That's just me because I like your music. I'm going to go and tell. There'll be a mouthpiece for you if you treat that relationship the right way. So focus on the people that are already paying attention to you. They'll help you get to that number that you want to get to. But you got to focus on them first and ask them exactly what they want um, from you. So, you know, that's it for this week. You know, um, now I do have an uh, uh, interview that I um I want to let you guys listen to. We did talk about a few of these things. Uh, mainly, we just talked about a, a, adapting um, in, in the music industry and, and doing a different thing. So th- this guy, um, Sola, he, he's from Toronto. Um, we had we had a great conversation. It was short, not not long, maybe 15 or 16 minute conversation. Um, but we talked about some of these things. We, we mainly talked about just standing out and, you know, doing what you got to do to survive as an indie artist. Um, and, and, you know, but great nevertheless you know definitely a dope conversation so we're going to get into that conversation um in just a second i did want to tell you guys again about lander um you know they are based in montreal canada and they're the world's first intelligent drag and drop instant mastering service and you guys just heard me talk about all these different formats of music right so here's the thing when you're dealing with a company like lander and you're dealing with something called mastering Mastering is essentially the process that'll make your music sound the same on all of those different formats, whether you're selling a CD or you're, you're, you know, selling a vinyl or you listen to the music digitally or, you know, you're streaming it. It's going to sound the same on everything because you mastered your, your project and you made it sound great. So if you want to take advantage of that, just for being a listen to the podcast, all you got to do is go to lander.com. That's L-A-N-D-R dot com slash promo slash S-O-D-D. You go there. What you're going to do is get a free trial. Um, Yes, a free trial. It's two free MP3s um, of your master. Now, it's a very simple process. It's literally a click and drag process. Like you can take your file, drag it off your desktop to the interface, and it'll start mastering it just like that. And what will happen after a few uh, moments, you'll... um, start hearing your music play automatically and it's going to play the original and it's going to play the master version now um from there you simply just hit save if you like what you hear you can change the intensity um depending on which level of service that you have um but once you get that all you got to do is hit save and it's going to send you a download link to your email and from there you can just download the uh the master version of your song and you're set and ready to go so look like I said before, just for being a listen to this podcast, you guys are going to get a free trial, which includes two free MP3s of your master. So all you got to do is go to lander.com, L-A-N-D-R.com slash promo slash S-O-D-D. Um, and that'll be in the show notes as well, just in case you guys didn't catch any of that. But that's it. You know, um, check it out and let me know what you think. Uh, tweet me at straight out the S-T-R, the number eight O-U-T-D-A-D-E-N. Um, and let me know. And also tell Lander that you heard um, about them from straight out the den. We'll greatly appreciate it. So like I said before, man, um, should you avoid selling, uh, banning, selling CDs? No, keep selling them. Just find out who wants to buy them. Um, and with that being said, we'll get right into the interview with Sola. You guys have an outstanding week and um, we'll catch up with you next week. Hey, what's going on, people? It's Jay Good of Straight Out the Den. Um, I'd like to welcome you to the Straight Out the Den podcast. Uh, today we have a, a very special guest on the line, um, all the way from um, Toronto. Um, yes, yes. Yeah, definitely, definitely, man. Help me um, welcome the homely soul out to the show, man. How you doing, bro? I'm good. I'm good, man. This is, thanks for having me. Yeah, no, no doubt, man. I appreciate you giving the time, um, you know, just to call in, man. Um, you know, I, I want to get right into it, and, and I know you're sure. calling in, um, you know, you're, you're promoting this new project. 
And um, yeah. I, I definitely want to make sure that 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 gets, um, you know, the information needed to the people. Um, that's the long overdue two um, yeah, yeah, yeah. project um, that we're talking about. And, you know, I also want to kind of get into some other things about you and your artistry, man. Just, you know, your journey in, in, in this music. Um, but, you know, let's definitely start right there with the project, man. Long overdue two. Um, yeah. You know, what's the, the, the thought process behind the title? And, um, you know, because uh, I didn't get a chance to hear like the first um, long overdue. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, you know, I'm, I'm new to the party. So, you know, kind of give us that introduction, <laughs> man, and tell us, you know, about about you and your, your sound and the music itself. Um, well, basically, long overdue. I, I I've been making music for like 13 years of my life. Okay, I would say, but I was I was into sports heavily, so I wasn't really. I took I started taking music seriously in like 2011. So when I say long overdue, it's like I should have been in the game. I should have mm. been here. You know what I'm saying? You should have known about me. But I was caught up in other things. I had different trials and tribulations I had to go through. But I'm here now. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's that boom. It's perfect. It's like, ah, it's like my introduction, long overdue too. I should have been here. I'm here now. Listen up. Gotcha, you know gotcha. You know, um, what was that definitive moment, man, that just kind of make you focus, you know, on the music? You say you were doing sports and things like that um, mm -hmm. prior to the music. Like, what happened, you know, that made you say, like, you know what, I really need to give this all my attention? Man, it's crazy. There's many, there's many times where, like, I would be, we would be with, we would have a, it would be after the, one of the games, right? Mm -hmm. And we would just be in the change room chilling. And then they'd be like, yo, solo kick on one, two. And I'd just be freestyling, you know, just having fun off the top. And, and like, you know, the energy that I was getting from my teammates and my friends is real. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. damn, like, you got it. So different different times, like different um, situations of me just freestyling. I had a couple shows out here. I opened up for Wally in 2011. So, you know, just different different things that I've seen early that kind of just reassured me, reassured that I have, you know what I'm saying? Because it, it wasn't really stamped. I was still iffy about it. And then when I went through these experiences and situations, it was kind of like, you got it, bro. You just got to chase. You just got to work hard and you'll get it. You know what I'm saying? So I would say those things, the different situations, or some early shows in my career kind of just told me that yeah. I can do it. It's, it's possible, you know what I'm saying? So Yeah, that, definitely, that definitely. persistence, man, is um, you know, is definitely key. To anybody, yeah. you know, sometimes you do need that push. Like you said, you know, um, you know, your homeboys and, and teammates are kind of, you know, like, hey, man, like kind of reassuring you that um, exactly. what you're doing is, exactly. you know, is actually good. Um, you know what I'm saying? Because, uh, yeah, because, like, I was doing it every day. Mm -hmm. just I wasn't showing anybody. To myself, I knew I could spit. It's like, but I wasn't sure. I, would they feel it? Would they, you know what I'm saying? Am I dope? And then when I would spit to my teammates, they would be like, and they would tell me, yo, you good, bro. Okay, that was the reassurance. Like, okay, I still got it. I'm good. You know what I'm saying? Like a confidence booster type thing. Yeah, yeah, you know? definitely. So, um, growing yeah. up, man, I, I saw I saw uh, on your site you had a couple of people that really influenced you in, in your sound and your music. Um, yeah. You know, of course, the Nas is the the, uh, the the bigs and and you know Jay Z, um, but yeah. th there was a name that I saw in there, man, that really stood out to me. Um, I guess I I wasn't really ex expecting it, and um, it was the Percy Miller. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm from the South, Definitely. right? You know, I'm okay, from the South, okay. so. Yeah. Um, I, I know, you know, the the impact that, that Master P, and that's, for those that don't know that Percy Miller is Master P, that's a whole nother conversation. We won't get into that. But, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, um, oh, growing up, you know, he really was an influence for us. But, you know, sometimes exactly. I find, find it like, how is it that someone all the way, at, you know, in, in Canada, and especially during a time when Master P was more so like a, 
I don't want to say local, but he just had that. He had a south, you know, reach. You know, reaching yeah. up there around what time period um, did you become a true fan of Master P and that, you know, he, he actually shaped and sound, you know, um, your career? Man, it was like it was like high school, it was like elementary, like it was like early teens for me. I can't remember what song, but there was like there was a song that I used to watch on um, MTV Cribs all the time. You know, and it was just it just had me. And it was I think it was with Show, the Shocker too. I can't remember the name though, but yeah, like Master P. Like it wasn't only his music too. I would say it was like his whole grind, his ambition. Mm-hmm. He really wanted it. You know what I'm saying? His hustle. Like he didn't have a major deal. He was selling CDs out the trunk of his car. That's what I'm doing right now with Longo Voodoo too. You know what I'm saying? He started. He's starting his own label. He's, you know, just he's just taking things in his own hands. He really believes in his craft. And if you look at him now, he's very successful. So it's kind of like I'm looking at his structure and what he did to kind of get where he needed to be. You know what I'm saying? So that really influences me to what I'm doing right now. Because I ain't gonna lie, he really helped me. He's a teacher. I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm looking up to him. Yeah, yeah. You gotta give credit where it's due. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no doubt, man. I, you know, one thing that that I found, man, that's that's helpful is that, especially you know, being on the independent scene and really coming out here and doing your own thing, it's like you gotta yeah. learn from somebody. You know what I mean? Exactly. And, and it's like experience is the best teacher, but also exactly. somebody else's experiences can be the best teacher for you. You know, you can exactly. kind of bypass those mistakes. You know what I'm saying? That they made exactly save you save you hell of time. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. You mentioned um, running your own label, man, and selling your CDs out of the trunk. Um, I saw the, yeah. the, the uh, is it, is Virgo? Um, yeah, Virgo Club. Club. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Break that's that my, down for like, us, that's, man. That's my camp. Virgo Club, honestly, man, Toronto, I would say, is like New York. Nothing given, grimy. People think it's, fat, you know what I'm saying? It has its nice places, but mm-hmm. for the most part, Toronto is like New York, I would say, grimy, gutter. You know, you got to, nothing ever given. You got to work for everything you have, so... The environment I grew up in was like that environment, nothing given, hungry, vicious, you know what I'm saying, nothing given, you got to take everything you want, you got to work for everything. My parents wasn't really buying everything I wanted, so at a young age, I was supposed to work in factories, I was supposed to, you know what I'm saying, work overtime, just do the, the extra, go the extra mile to get what I wanted. So Virgo Club is kind of like viciously earning respect, God-oriented, viciously earning riches, God-oriented, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just to keep that just to keep that mentality, VC, very clean, very conscious, <laughs> very clear. You know what I'm saying? I know where I'm going. I know where I'm headed. Very clean. You know what I'm saying? So all these little things, all these abbreviations is tied up with Virgo Club. The yeah. way I live my life, the way I carry myself. You know what I'm saying? No, that that's dope, man. Like, there's nothing yeah. better than an artist that has, like, true vision and know exactly what you want to do, exactly. you know? Exactly. Um, so, I, I was looking know. at... Um, you, you you classify your sound as more like a uh, soul and, and revolutionized rap. Yes, um, yes, yes. And, and I'm telling you, man, like I had a chance to listen to um, the, the project, and, and to be truth be told, bro, I, I get stuck on the first track. Like the I'ma do it is something about that 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 sample and the feeling and the emotion, and then you coming yeah. behind that and just like really pouring out and telling your story. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, you know what I'm saying? Trust me, I'm glad. I got, that really means a lot to me because I put a lot into that song, right? Like, the, the way you feel, mm-hmm. like, when I heard the beat, I'm like, I want to give this feeling to the people. So for you to tell me I feel this way, it's like job done on my behalf. You know what I'm saying? So that really means a lot to me, man. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no doubt, man. Like, kind of, kind of walk us, um, you know, through the record, man. Like, um, the, I'm gonna do it. Like, was that a, a personal story or is that something you know? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I, to be honest with you, I was going through some, some, some bad times during that during mm-hmm. that song. You know what I'm saying? I just felt like I needed to. I just needed to 
to clear my mind of it. So I, I hit the paper, you know, came out dope, you know what I'm saying? So it's like when I hear that song, it takes me out of the spot where I was or, you know what I'm saying? That's why I created the record because I'm like, I was telling myself I don't want to be here no more. So I kind of wrote the record, you know, that record kind of helped me vent, kind of helped me get me out of the space I was in, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's good, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, you yeah. know, that's that's the thing about music, man. Like, music can really help you, you know, kind of, exactly. it's an yeah. outlet, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's yeah, a true exactly. outlet. Um, this it's pro- like when I heard the yeah. beat, the feeling it gave me was like, with the soul and everything, it's like pain you, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. if, if you're having a bad day, you could turn this on and it, it's going to help you get through the day type thing, you know? That's that's how I try to make music. Yeah, help man. help people out. That's yeah, that's definitely. dope, bro. You know, um, with, with this podcast, man, something that we've been doing as of lately is just kind of shifting the focus and, and, and really put it more so on just trying to give these tips and 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 um, you know tips to indie artists and things of that nature. And you having a, a project here that you put together, and you know having your own label, man, just um, trying to give a word of advice uh, to yeah. the artists and. You know, like I said, the thing that I, I like the most about your music when I listened to it was that it stood out. You know what I mean? It, it felt like you were really putting your emotions into the records and really giving the people exactly who you are as an artist. You know, appreciate that, bro. I'm yeah, not, yeah, 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 no doubt, man. Like, um, for you, how long did it take for you to really, you know, cultivate and find your sound? You know, in, in your music. Mm, that's a good question. I would say, I would say. End of better late. I have this is long overdue two is my f- my fourth project. Okay. I have I have long overdue, which is the first installment to long overdue two. I have better late than never, which is kind of it kind of it kind of ties, plays on yeah. with the same theme like I'm better late than never. I should have been here. You know what I'm saying. Then I have deja vu. Mm. You know what I'm saying. Everything that I'm thinking in my mind is coming to fruition. Deja vu. I've seen this before. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I, it's premeditated, so it's kind of running on with the same theme. Then I got long overdue two, which is like the sequel. So I was pretty. I would say. After Better Late Than Never, going into Deja Vu, I kind of knew what my sound was, you know? Like, Long Overdue 2 was all off-tempo joints, mm-hmm. and then I kind of switched my sound to more slow, more more soul, more jazzy beats for Better Late Than Never, and then for Deja Vu, I kind of did a mixture of both. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So, stay versatile, give the people what they want, you know, give the, the club give the club joints, give the soulful joints. You know what I'm saying? We all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, man. <laughs> you well, know? you know, um, like I said, I know we weren't going to be on the phone too long today, man. Uh, I do appreciate you giving us a call um, and just sure. really sharing your story, good. man, with, with the music. What, what's up next for you, though, bro? Like, um, is there anything that you have in the mix that you are kind of working on, um, you know, really to push this project and, and anything else like that? Yeah, I do. Um, I'm working on a few visuals. Um, I got visuals for Cat Hey Too Loud. I'm working on. Um, off the joint, off long overdue too. I got gifted. I'm working on. I'm working on um, money, dreams, and entrepreneur as well. Um, I have a couple shows lined up in the September in LA, Los Angeles. So oh, dope, for those dope. in the LA in the LA area, you can come check me out. I'll be at Club Zenex and I'll be at Club Zanzibar. If you're out there, you can come rock with me. You know, I'm just I'll be at I'm at Wasega Beach in Toronto, September 6th. For those out here, you know, show love, come through, have a good time. My website, solarphilana.com. You can get all my music, see all my videos, stay updated, stay connected. On Twitter, I'm De La Sola, D-E-L-A-S-O-L-A. Instagram, King Sola, K-I-N-G-S-O-L-A. So, you know, we're just trying to get the people that good music, that real music. You That's know? dope, man. You, you definitely on your yeah. way to doing that, man. Like I said, I, I really enjoy the music and, you know, really can't wait for you to get an opportunity to come down here to Atlanta, man. Like, definitely for real. have you down here <laughs> in the city, bro. 
was, I was talking to my homie today about that. It's like, man, like the Atlanta scene is just crazy. Like, it really is Black Hollywood. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. We need to, we need to really, we need to come fuck with y'all, man. You know yeah, you know? man. Yeah. It, it's a lot, it, it, but you know something though. Also, there's a lot of stuff down here that you know you may not, um, may not know of if if you're looking at stuff on TV. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we do have different type of music down here in different pockets that you know it's just not turn up down here you know what i'm saying like and i think that's one of the biggest misconceptions um in the city you know a lot of people uh, yeah. think that it's just turn up it's like no nah, man there's some some pockets here where people are doing some real hip-hop and really you know coming with some great records you know yeah exactly you just gotta really find it yeah that's yeah absolutely absolutely yeah man so i, I feel like I, I, right now as an independent artist my main goal is just to keep it keep branching off keep expanding you know what i'm saying Keep always just keeping open, keeping an open mind. Always just trying to gain knowledge. I was trying to better myself. You know what I'm saying? You can never, ever stop learning in life. That's yeah. one thing I have to tell myself. You can learn something new every day. So, and it's being in this industry that's very fast paced and very unpredictable. You got to be able to adapt quick. You got to mm -hmm. be able to change quick. You know what I'm saying? So, these are things that I try to plant seeds in my mind. Tell myself on a constant basis. And I feel like yeah, it definitely helped me in the long run as an independent artist. Definitely. Yeah, man, you you said something just then. I had to take a note down and write it down, like just adapting quick. <laughs> like, um, you, you're right about it. And, and if you have a few moments, I do want to kind of touch on that subject too, man. Just adapting sure, quick, yeah, yeah. and um, you know, kind of being in in a situation where you can move freely. You know, that's that's the beauty of being an independent. Like, you actually have that freedom to kind of move around and do things as you want to. But exactly. <clears throat> excuse me. Also, with that. You have to be able to do, like you said, adapt quickly. Um, what are some things that, you know, some ways, I guess, that uh, you've kind of learned to, to adapt quickly? And, and, you know, what are some of those situations that you may have been in that kind of forced you to have to, you know, change up the way you do things very quickly? Yeah, okay, I can, I can relate. Uh, earlier in my career, I, I had a little team, you know what I'm saying, a couple of my homies. They was rocking with me, they was rocking with me. And then, you know what I'm saying, I got to a point where, like, at the end of the day, everybody's their own man. Everybody has their own life. Everybody has, you know what I'm saying? They have their own goals. So it's like, one thing I learned early in the game is you can't rely on nobody in this business. You got to do, mm. you got to be able to do everything yourself, especially as an independent artist. What I'm saying, if you want something done, you got to do it yourself if you want the best results. Another thing I learned is, with my, this is, this is with my sound. This is me recording now. So me, me after me giving up better late than never, I'm getting feedback like, yeah, you dope, but... We want to hear you on this type of beat. We want to hear you mm -hmm. on this type of up tempo beat or this type of trap beat. Or so I just learned to really learn how to give the people what they want, but still staying true to myself. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. if if they want a club beat, I'll give you a club beat, but I ain't changing my topic. I, I ain't changing my con my content. I ain't changing my subject matter. It's going to stick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's that's really what I'm just I'm just focusing on me at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? The, you can want something from me, but if it if it's not a hundred, I ain't giving it to them. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah, absolutely. At the end of the day, as an artist, you gotta always be true to yourself, no matter what. It doesn't matter what if the people want ratchet from you, but you ain't ratchet. I ain't giving them ratchet. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, no, no, that's dope, man. It's it's like learning how to compromise. It's like, yeah, I can exactly. compromise, but if it's not me, then that's too much. That's not a compromise. That's me being fake in, in a sense. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, you know, yeah. exactly. that, that's what I ain't trying to do. I'm just trying to be authentic, be real, you know? So. Yeah, that's yeah. dope, man. Well, look, man, I appreciate you giving us a call, man, talking to us for, for a few moments, man. Um, Is there anything else you want to leave the people with before you get out of here? Man, just shout out to Straight Out the Den, man. They show mad love. Your boy Solo, all the way from Toronto, Canada. Signing out. You know what it is. Long overdue 2 online now. SoloForLanta.com. Stay in touch. 
All right, dope, man. Well, look, it's jgoodestraightoutthedin.com, and I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Um, like I said, always, man, look, um, this podcast, if you're listening to this right now on SoundCloud, that's cool. I appreciate that. But look, by all means, please subscribe on iTunes. Um, all you got to do is just click the subscribe button. Um, and, you know, give us some feedback. If you like what we're doing, man, rate, uh, review, and, and most important, subscribe to the podcast. We really do appreciate it. And uh, last but not least, man, if you guys are listening to this podcast and you have a dream, Pray on that dream, research that dream, and work until that dream becomes reality. And with that being said, I'm Jay Good, straight out the den. He's Sola, and we out. We out.